It's 2020, and that means we've got a whole new year of games to look forward to. In this episode of Octal FM, we discuss some of the games coming out this year that are at the top of our list. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Saffron. And today we're continuing our little mini-series and we're taking a look at games that we're looking forward to in 2020, which is mm-hmm. becoming a, a regular theme. It's totally not because it's an easy episode subject to do. Yeah, especially over Christmas when we don't really want to be thinking about difficult episodes. We just want to be like eating turkey, drinking beer <laughs> and sitting in a slight food coma on the sofa playing whatever video games we got for christmas definitely not to do with any of nothing to do with that whatsoever high quality content all year round for octal fm listeners all the time anyway Um, yeah (laughs) and i'll i'll kick us off i've got a few actually sort of big chunky games for 2020 Mm -hmm. and i know that you've got a whole bunch of indie games that you're interested in sort of keeping an eye on and maybe picking up um Mm -hmm. so i'm going to start us off with a huge one um and that is half-life alex yes Um, yeah definitely which we haven't even spoken about the two of us like you you mentioned this just before we started recording which is crazy because half-life is a is a big deal for both of us Mm. at both as a game its position in our lives playing pc games yeah, i guess definitely. like it's sort of it's quite a quite a major series especially half-life 2 for me in particular yeah, Half-Life, so like Half-Life. i didn't play half-life when it first came out like mm. i only played it after i played half-life 2 yeah but i remember like half-life 2 being one of the games that we sort of like gravitated towards so much because it was relatively high in pc gaming when we were like kind of initially getting into mm. that and it had such a wonderful story and it had such cool mechanics because it was the first real game that I remember that had like the such involved physics as well. Yeah. And so, really good like, AI as well. And really good AI for the time, you mm. know, like it, it all voice acted as well. Like, you know, it was it was a really high end game for the time that it we was. really gravitated towards. And then obviously we were really excited about episodes one and two and everything. And, and then obviously the the long, three, long right? wait for episode three that never came out <laughs> um so then when this trailer dropped i watched it and obviously i'm assuming you watched it and then yes. we, we, we both didn't really talk to each other about it weirdly i don't know why no. but then we were like both of us came with this game on our list of things to talk about this this episode of octal fm yeah i think that i'm excited about half-life alex it's coming out in march 2020 which is soon and it was only announced in november 2019 so They've been working on it for a long time and they've been very, very quiet about it. Um, It actually, I I was looking up some stuff before we started recording. It's like the largest ever team at Valve working on a single game. It's like 50 people working on it. Um, It's been in full production since 2016. So a long time, you know, when they were partnering and doing stuff with the Vive, basically, um, you know, that was sort of, I think, when that really helped with with Half-Life Alex. So it was a little bit of a surprise announcement, but do not underestimate the sort of the gravity of this game um, in the sense that it is it is a big deal for Valve. This is not just a little fun spin-off. This is something serious. Um, nice it pun is, with the gravity there. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So it is very much a flagship VR game. It's going to work on all VR 
uh, like PC VR headsets. It's not exclusive to the Valve Index, though if you do have a Valve Index, you get this game for free. Um, oh, nice. Is, That's cool. Which is really, really cool. Smooth little move there from Valve. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually going to be able to play this because I've got a Quest and now you've got the, you can do the Quest Link where you plug in a USB-C cable and it turns it into a essentially a Rift. It's not perfect. It's not as good as a Rift. There's, it's in but it's a lot still. cheaper than a Rift. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper than a Rift and you get a standalone VR headset as well. Um, so I'm definitely going to be able to play this. I'm definitely going to be picking it up. I am really interested to see Valve's sort of take on flagship VR. Like that is what I'm most like. I'm interested in playing it, but also I'm just interested in seeing what so if we new remove, stuff they bring to the table. If even if you remove the Half Life aspect of this, right? Yeah, and it was just a flagship VR game made by Valve, which is one of the first games they've made in a long time, as far as I'm aware, as well. Yeah, like themselves at least. Anyway, yeah, they don't make games anymore. They just make Steam. no, exactly. Because <laughs> why would they? They don't need to, right? But this could be to VR what Half Life was to first person shooters, right? Exactly. You know, like, because just from the trailers, and obviously it's hard to take a complete understanding of what the game is going to be like from a trailer, especially something as subjective as VR, when you have to experience it mm, yourself. Yeah, definitely. It looks very much like a full on game, whereas most VR games, even the more high end ones, still feel, they almost feel like big tech demos. You know, even the really good ones still feel a little mm. gimmicky, a little bit like just a big extended demo whereas mm, this could really yeah. be a full-on experience what i'm interested in is whether half-life alex is more like half-life 2 episode 1 or whether it's like half-life 2 mm. because you're right vr games are mostly fairly almost episodic in nature in the in the sort of th- i'm thinking about possibly the most flagship right now which is vader immortal yeah that's that what i was comparing it to vader immortal episode one vader immortal episode two they're short mm. like vader immortal is like 40 minutes yeah. now there is no way that half-life alex is a 40 minute game if it's got 50 people working on it for four years like there's no way that would but be it crazy could definitely be anywhere from say two to five hours which <laughs> yeah, i think is what be. the episodes one and two were like could be especially if it's like actually that work has been primarily around game engine mm. and sort of all the stuff around vr and really like nailing sort of vr breaking new grounds with vr so but that's also exciting the fact that valve have like put so much time and effort and people and money and resources behind vr to really pull it into because this is using the source engine um or like a new version of the source engine so that means that that alone is going to open up stuff for vr for other people because then mm. you're going to be able to build obviously it's valve you know they're going to release the engine um, yeah, and so you're then build gonna... on top of that with mods and you're just going to grow a community of vr developers right, like based... even if it's just like homebrew exactly. development for exactly it. based around this wonderful game engine just like half-life 2 and the source yeah. engine you know and all and the that, stuff what we that did with that. things like portal and team fortress 2 and exactly. the endless amounts of mods that came for it exactly. you know and so this is just exciting in general and this could yeah. be a real game changer for vr games as a whole absolutely and could bring them in from being a little bit of a gimmicky sort of like fun toy almost uh to a full-on gaming landscape environment absolutely and you know i don't play the quest a huge amount um but i really love that i have it and i really enjoy playing it but it does still feel like there's not we're still at that like early mobile gaming world where it's like games are being given a little bit of a free pass 
um, because there's not yeah, a lot definitely. of them. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. I mean, I, I think it, that's completely fair. I think that will go away in time, but for yeah. now, yeah, like that's that's still very much where they're at. Yeah, and Alex is definitely a movement on that path, right? For mm. sure. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I won't get a chance to play it, unfortunately, because I don't have a VR headset, but definitely looking forward to people telling me what it's like and maybe giving it a go when I next oh, see yeah. you. And, definitely. Yeah, so... I'm I'm going for um, like you say some of the other smaller indie titles because some of the titles that I chose you've got on your list as well so we can kind of like switch between the two and go, coming following on from what I was saying in a previous soundbite episode where like I seem to stick with smaller games even mm. if they end up having just as much of a time investment as a bigger one there's quite a few games that are coming out this year or that are sort of already out but like not finished out yet that I'm looking forward to. One of the ones that really took my interest, because of a game that we played on uh, the show for Game Club, is a game called Coffee Talk. Mm. Now, I, from what I can gather, I haven't played it yet, but I think it's very much a, it's an itch-based game. Like, it's yeah. on itch.io. You can download it now and pay your own price. I don't think it's, like, fully released on other consoles yet, which I think is sort of what, what the most of the release schedule is about now, again, on, like, things like Switch and stuff. But the art style and the aesthetic remind me quite heavily of uh, Read Only Memories 2056 or whatever it was. 2064. 2064, sorry. Yeah, well, that makes sense, doesn't it, actually? Yeah. Has that same sort of like cyberpunky vibe to it, despite the fact that it isn't cyberpunk. It seems to be sort of like modern fantasy tellings. Mm, like it seems, okay. it seems to be in a, like a very much a visual novel style game. So it's mostly just going to be about experience the story through, you know, the eyes of you or character interacting with lots of other people. Really like nice looking kind of art style. It seems to have some sort of like coffee shop management mechanics to it, which appeals to me if you remember me talking about the game Cook Serve Delicious a long time oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems like you can like, you know, choose to make coffees in different ways for people as they come in. And you can, you know, I assume the better you make it, the more sort of like effective you'll get conversations out of them and stuff like that. So anything like this always really appeals to me because the art style alone sucks me in because I really like the style. And then I think it's going to be from what I can gather, at least anyway, from watching the trailer, it's going to have like a really kind of smooth soundtrack to it. Like, hence mm. like a coffee shop style music, you know? Right. Hence the name. And I think that's going to be really chill. And I think it's just going to be a nice, like relaxed game to play, play for a couple of hours, pretty much like Read Only Memories was as well for mm. me. I I still have that, that soundtrack on my Spotify playlist. Oh yeah, like, yeah. That, that still occasionally comes up for me because some of the tracks in there are absolutely phenomenal. Mm, yeah. um, and I think this is going to be a very similar... Uh, idea so pretty looking nice. forward to that that's that's going to be one on my radar nice so that's coffee talk it's there's like yeah it's like in dev i guess there's like demo versions of yeah it you can download out. some demos of it and i think it's gonna when it comes out like proper sometime later this year uh i think it'll probably be available for other systems as well nice um, oh, i hope it comes to switch yeah w- to wikipedia up. reckons it's going to be on ps4 switch and xbox one so excellent hopefully it's going to come out everywhere but yeah like I'll definitely keep an eye on that one because it, it just looks like it's going to be a really interesting story about different groups of people like elves and humans Mm. and like dwarves and stuff like that living in a contemporary modern society that we live in today and then the difficulties that that comes with clashing cultures nice yeah it's funny actually because i don't have like my when i was looking at sort of games of 2020 that are coming out you know i was i was focusing primarily on sort of big big hitters yeah and then i didn't actually there's not a huge amount or it doesn't feel like there's a huge amount on the lineup for switch 
for 2020. There's a no, couple of like not big games at least anyway. There's a couple of like maybes, but you know they won't be like Metro Prime Four. Yeah, um, I, I pretty much take all of those with that. Yeah, not Breath of the Wild Two. Like no yeah, way, quite, we're, yeah. we're not seeing that this year. I'd be very surprised. Then you start to think about like, huh? I mean, how many more years has the Switch got left in it? before yeah. you get a switch 2 uh i know they brought out the switch Lite, but like that's you know ps4 slim or whatever like yeah, we're, yeah. we're in that iteration i know that obviously nintendo do like to like really eke out the length of their generations a little bit mm. like the particularly Wii's with was, the handheld consoles yeah. which this is a replacement for like 3ds right like yeah that, that was on the market for a long time and there's even overlap with the switch right they've only just really admitted that it was that it's actually dead so maybe it's got a good few years left in it but also at the same time i'm like wow breath of the wild it's two, already been like, like two and a half years and there was a short gap between ocarina of time and majora's mask for example um, relatively speaking, so yeah, about a year. I think it was was a yeah, year, so, like sixteen months. You know, if Breath of the Wild two is the is the Majora's Mask to Breath of the Wild, then maybe it needs to come out pretty soon. We will see it at the end of maybe. you know towards the end of twenty twenty. But we're so trained by Nintendo to expect like six plus year delay between main main title absolutely games, and nothing says that more than a game that we are going to get in twenty twenty, <laughs> yeah. which is and we talk about. I feel like we've talked about this forever yes um, it does feel like it and that is animal crossing new horizons yeah um, which was animal crossing switch when we last talked about it yes a year ago <laughs> pretty much bang on a year ago because this is just we said this at the time so we don't really need to reiterate it for all our long-time listeners mm. but this is such a perfect fit for the switch yes like because because new horizons was um not new horizons that's the name of this game <laughs> new leaf sorry mm. on 3ds was really good but it was just limited by the 3ds itself yeah but now it's not limited by the console that it's on yeah but has all the benefits of the the portability and the interactiveness of the connections between both local yeah. and online and it's just animal crossing giving all of the tools it could possibly need to want yeah. to create the perfect animal crossing game yeah absolutely i'm excited as well because it's clearly going to draw some influence from um, pocket camp which i you know i didn't play a huge amount of pocket camp but i did enjoy it you know on the um, the mobile game hmm. you know and so they're bringing in some of the crafting from that um and sort of some of the other mechanics and bits and pieces they're going you know you, you're going to be able to see pocket camp in new horizons yes and that's no bad thing you know it's the same with sword and shield like you can see little bits of pokemon go in that in the sort of like some of the the way that it is you in the sort of feel of it and thinking about let's go as well um you know nintendo definitely use their mobile games as sort of drawing a little bit of influence into the to the main series so to speak so yeah i don't think there's really a lot to talk about with new horizons you know they delayed it um it was meant to be out at the end of um 2019 uh, they actually uh, they took a stock hit right when they announced that it was yeah, delayed they did, yeah because uh, animal crossing is I don't know. The hype is unreal, right? For for this game, which is, I would delay them. I would delay it if I was them. I would be terrified of releasing Animal Crossing. I think it's probably they're being more careful with this game than they are with other series. Maybe is because of how few games there actually are in the series when you think about it, yes. and how long there is a time period between them. Like absolutely, um, the, the delay between, say, the original Animal Crossing on the Nintendo sixty four slash GameCube, depending on where it was released, and then the follow up, which I don't even know what the follow up was. I can't even remember. It was a long time. Yeah, And I, I think it makes sense that they're taking their time with it and getting it right because there's been such a long delay between mainstay Animal Crossing games in the past as well that they need to make sure they get it right because it's not that they could just make another one relatively quickly because they are big investments. There's so much content in them. I mean, so far there's already been an eight-year delay between, well, not delay, but eight-year time gap between New Leaf and New Horizons. Yeah, So 
I think an extra like five, six months is almost certainly worth it to make sure that A, get it right and B, they don't like kill their staff in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like I commend them for that. So I'm really looking forward to, to New Leaf. Definitely. Going from that, which is definitely a massive, I dread to think of the size of the team that works on this at Nintendo, um, <laughs> to other sort of smaller games for me. Uh, one game that I've been keeping an eye on for quite a long time, and I may have mentioned it briefly on the show in the past, I don't know, is Iron Harvest. Hmm. Um, now this is, it's. I guess it's not really an indie game because it's got quite high production value, but you don't really hear people talking about it very much. I don't know. It's not due to come out properly like out of early access until quite late into 2020. Okay. But it is a, it's a post-World War One steampunk style RTS game. Hmm. And you pretty much called it the second you saw some of the, the looks of it, right? Which was that it's Comedy of the Heroes. Yeah, but it looks a lot like With like Heroes. steampunk slash, well, actually the website that it comes on is called it Diesel Punk. Uh, which i kind of i kind of get yeah that makes sense yeah yeah, Um, it's come more grimy than steam so and it looks to be quite fast-paced rts action so you're moving away from some of the games that we've played on the show things like not supreme commander uh what about ashes of the singularity yeah and things like those which are kind of grand strategy games like really enormous rts games this i think is going to be a much more on the ground level like commanding like individual small squads kind of company of heroes or dawn of war that kind of thing and the reason it's been on my radar is because of how cool the aesthetic is like normally i don't like i think we've talked about this on the show before as well is that i prefer sort of cleaner cuts art styles and aesthetics yeah but it does look really nice like the the design of the mechs is super interesting and cool like has a real good mixture of like functionality with that's art style in the period like you can you can imagine these really are actually stomping through the battlegrounds of world war one mm, if the mm. technology was there and then that in combination with the fact we don't feel like we get very many good rts games anymore yeah I'm like, and i don't wondering... mean and, and you mustn't bring up remakes i know we just got age of empires 2 but that doesn't <laughs> count one. yes you yeah, know? I sort of feel like we're, you know, I wonder if we're going to see a few more real-time strategy games this year because it feels like there's been a little bit of a surge. I'm, I'm mm. not, I don't really have any, like, I don't have any games I can point at. I just have, like, a vibe in my head that's sort of like, maybe we're going to see a few more strategy games this year. Maybe, like, we, you know, Age of Empires 4 is meant to come out at some points, probably not this year, but, you know, we've got Warcraft 3 Reforged, which has now been delayed. Yes, um, yeah. You know, there's sort of so and that's a, that's two like sort of heavy hitters from the early days returning now you know are we starting to see a little bit of a resurgence of real-time Hopefully. strategy maybe Do you know what i'd like to see this is completely tangential right but rts games in vr right where you have to like select Ooh, things yeah. using the cursor and you could like look down on top of the map from like your vr headset i think i think there might be like maybe one right now on quest i'm just trying to i, I can't remember I, I seem to remember seeing one but you know it's like they're a bit janky. Yeah, and it's like go. It's like going back to old school RTS, like in the early PC days when people were just like figuring it out how to do it, and you had like the first command and conquer, and it's like yeah. dragging around units to select them. Yeah, <laughs> select the things, attack the things, see what happens, yeah. rather than any actual strategy involved. Yeah, exactly. for sure. But it's definitely a game that's been on my radar for a while. I haven't got much to say about it because it is exactly like we've just described it. So if that sounds interesting to you, it's definitely something to have a look at. But the game's been in development for a little while now i've been following its like development cycle for a while similar to um how i've been following phoenix point as well which we talked about in the previous episode so yeah like definitely check that out for your rts needs Mm. what else have you got 
Um, so in t- I'm going to do like a quick rapid fire list of some other indie games to talk about. Uh, Industries of Titan is another one I'm quite interested in. This one's a, a PC only indie game, which is like a city manager game. Like a it looks very like it's like voxely sort of, and it's like the the isometric style is like there's a name for it where it's like that particular angle of isometric, mm. which is like very quite a little bit higher than normal. Uh, I can't remember the term for it, but it's like 45 degree angle almost, sort of like that kind of Very level. Like straight on cube-like look yes, of everything. exactly, um, exactly. Like it, it looks really nice. That's a really cool art style to it, like you it say. Does, it does. I like the idea of being able to create different styles of like a sci-fi city, which is mm. kind of unique, I think. I don't know if I've played like a sci-fi city builder before. There's not many, um, is there? There's like Maybe the, things like Surviving Mars yeah, or something. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's like my, the main one I can think of. But that one's a little bit, a little bit more grand in like hard sci-fi whereas this seems to be a little bit more like spaceships and anti-gravity and lasers and stuff like that you know so that one's on my radar just because it fills the the building niche for me other ones are red lantern or the red lantern uh which is on switch and xbox one from from what wikipedia says so far Mm. seems to be a like a survival roguelike where you are generated into like an Arctic wilderness environment with your pack of sled dogs and you have to manage your dogs and you have to manage your food and your health and make sure that they're looked after um, and get from one place to another whilst also like doing a kind of like a dog mushing race. Looks really nice as well. Doesn't look like a super high production value, but it looks nice nonetheless, if that makes sense. Like they've gone for mm. a minimalist art style approach. Mm. So that one is definitely on my radar because I do like survival games and management games that mm. give resources the other thing just to note about industries of titan i forgot to say um is it's from the same team that did uh, crypt of the necrodancer um, oh really which is what a weird difference very different but also that is a strong uh team to be working on a game it, it was um, a great so, game crypt of the necrodancer was great so that really is definitely it. a reason to to keep a close eye on Industries of Titan, for sure. And the, the other two smaller indie games that I'm interested in is Sable and Haven. Hmm. Both of them, like you pointed out, have very kind of unique art styles to them as well. They both seem to be sort of inspired like by things like Journey. Yeah. That sort of idea of like an exploring, unfolding story that you're just going to experience. There doesn't seem to be any real combat in the game. It's going to be like about exploration puzzles and the interactions between characters. Uh, so I'm both looking forward to those as well. Sable looks like uh, it looks like you they, they've taken Journey and then they've like chosen a different filter on the <laughs> yeah, game engine and just turned it into like line drawing, uh, <laughs> which is really funny. Yes. And they're sort of I guess they're kind of similar games like Haven. Yeah, they definitely they, have a very look, similar vibe to them. Yeah. I think Sable's going to be more about the actual journey and the uh, like puzzles. Pun, pun, pun. intended. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Haven seems to be more of a story based game between the two characters. Um, mm. So I think there's a little bit of difference there. But just with the way that the game like moves, literally the way it moves uh, and the way it kind of ha- has mm. unique art styles, there's some similarities yeah. there and Agreed. some differences. So looking forward to both of those. My uh, my sort of last, last in inverted commas one that I really wanted to talk about is the Final Fantasy VII remake, mm, um, which is meant, finally to be com- coming out. meant to be coming out in March. Meant um, to be. Yeah. I'm sort of like, the reason why I want to talk about this one is because I'm just really interested. I'm not like, I, I will probably play it or Tony will play it. And Tony I'll, will definitely play I'll it. Watch her. What I'm most interested in is the fact that it is not Final Fantasy VII in the sense no. that like it is being split up and each game 
is allegedly going to be the size of Final Fantasy thirteen. Allegedly. Allegedly. Now... Just, this is what Valve said with Half-Life 2 Episode 1. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. But but it's obviously not going to be episodic because they're not... Like, in the sense of it's not going to be short as a game, or at least I assume it isn't going to be short. I'm just really interested in, like, what is it going to... How are you going to do that? Like, you're going to take, like, the first 10% of a game and spin it into an entire game. I sort of wonder, like, are they just going to pick and choose little bits of story from, like, different parts of the original or are they gonna like actually do the whole game from start to finish but across what like six games or something <laughs> it's really interesting I don't, it depends as well if it's going to be like uh is it going to be like a few months between each one or are we talking like years between each one yeah it's weird right it's really weird so i'm just i'm just interested <laughs> like really interested to see what they do obviously it looks fantastic it does look lovely like the combat looks amazing it looks truly truly wonderful i am just so interested in whether they actually pull it off um to sort of do release a game that is only part of a game yeah that's in, what a, in a way in. that people weren't necessarily expecting or wanting like i think yeah. people basically just wanted pretty final fantasy 7 yeah exactly in typical like fan way of like always wanting the same thing just prettier which yeah never ends up being as good as you think it's going to be because the game hasn't held up as well as you think it has underneath the rose tinted glasses yeah definitely. but they've decided to not fall for that trap which they could have done and probably still could have made absolute bank on you know they are trying to make a new interesting game using final fantasy 7 as the base so I think overall that's the right move, but I also think that they're going to catch a lot of flack from like the purists who are like, this isn't my Final Fantasy VII, you know. I sort of think so too. If you go back and play Final Fantasy VII now, I guarantee you it hasn't aged as well as you think it's aged. Oh, I'm sure it's aged terribly. The gameplay is pretty boring, honestly, in my opinion, and the graphics are horrendous. Yes. Um, (laughs) Like the the only redeeming quality of that game is still the story and even then the story is not as good as you remember it being it's good and the characters are fantastic but there's plenty of bits in it that are not as good as you remember it being yeah so i think doing an episodic content expanding on some areas of the story and the characters more and trimming away the fat in other areas is a really good shout and i think this could very much be like a just a new final fantasy game just with final fantasy 7 inspiration for the most yeah, part agreed i think it's interesting as well like they're, they're using unreal engine 4 for it mm. um which was also I, I think kingdom hearts 3 was was built on the unreal engine 4 uh, which is interesting because final fantasy 15 wasn't on the unreal engine so they've sort of changed changed tack a little bit there um i guess maybe that helps as well if they're going to release multiple games you know bring it out with someone else's engine because you can kind of churn them out a little bit quicker um than working on your own engine um, but yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see. It seems very, very ambitious. Um, so I'm excited about that. I think it'll make them absolute ridiculous amounts of money regardless, honestly. I mean, I'm sure it will. It's Final Fantasy. <laughs> they'll be great. It'll They'll do great. Uh, the only other one for me on my list that I'm sort of, again, it's kind of an interesting um, is Trials of Mana. Um, yes so, yeah this does look interesting you know they they released the sort of collection of the original uh games that secret of mana trials of mana and the other what was the other thing i don't know right <laughs> didn't play um and you know i've not i've not played any of them but it's interesting because trials of mana never came out in the west and then so they released it as part of that that sort of compendium but also being like oh and also we're going to do a 3d remake 
of Trials of Mana. <laughs> like a full-on brand new game. Yeah, like yeah. a full-on brand new, like it, it, uh, in the style of what we're talking about here about Final Fantasy VII, like really mm. just like completely, you know, remade game. And yeah, it's like, it's from 1995, right? Trials of Mana. So it's a really, really old game. It just seems an interesting choice of something to pick um, and to be like, let's actually completely, you know, redo this in what looks a little bit like the Dragon Quest uh, engine. Mm, yeah. And yeah, so I'm just kind of interested in that. Um, but otherwise, you know, like I say, when I was looking at, you know, Switch stuff, which obviously is what I should be looking at because that's what's been so successful for me. There's not a huge amount of sort of like major stuff on the horizon. Um, Nintendo do tend to keep things fairly close to their chest. Well, we have that with their directs, don't you? Well, like, and you can play it today. Yeah, like exactly. straight away. Like, oh, really? Okay, cool. Like when you think like Link's Awakening Switch was a big game for me last year. And that was, you know, no one thought that was coming out at the start of 2019. Like that wasn't yeah. even like no one had heard about it. Um, so, yeah, so I'm sort of, I guess I'm also excited for all the things that we don't know about yet, especially from Nintendo. Yes, definitely. My last game uh, is actually also a remake, and that is the the remake of the Oddworld Abe's Exodus game. Ooh, um, okay, it's been had its name changed. It's going to be called Oddworld Soulstorm instead. I'm huh. um, not quite sure why, but they did sort of change the previous one as well because it was called Oddworld's Abe's Odyssey, like new and tasty. I think it was, mm. uh, and this one is the uh, is being called Soulstorm, and. This this was one of my like favorite games growing up. The old world games particularly were both like really awesome, but I definitely remember playing Exodus, the second game, a lot more than I remember playing the first game, mm. uh, Odd World or Abe's Exodus, uh, Abe's Odyssey. And I'm really excited to see it come. If it looks even half as good as the most recent like remake of the original game is, it's going to look incredible, and mm. I'm really looking forward to it. It was a really kind of faithful adaptation stuck with the same sort of vibe and controls and everything as the original uh, did. So hopefully this is going to be more of the same for the game that I played even more than the previous one. Hmm. Like, I don't know how much it's going to get, like, well-received just because it... It wasn't. It was a big game back in the day, but I've pretty. It hasn't really left a particularly strong legacy after those two games. There's been several other games within mm. the series, like the things like uh, Munch's Revenge and like Strangers something or other. I can't remember. There's been quite a few different games, but I think it's because it got passed around to different develop, not different developers, different publishers. Like I know, for example, it went to Xbox for quite a long time because I know there was a couple of Xbox uh, exclusives. Mm. But now it feels like they've they've kind of broken off on their own it's going to come to like different uh, different games uh, different systems this time so i'm quite looking forward to it and seeing how it goes and obviously i'm going to be biased because of my like rose tinted glasses for the game but i still think that it's going to be a great game and mm. i think that it should be on a lot of people's radar to check it out nice what do we think 2020 is going to hold in general for for gaming I think it's going to be a pretty normal year. Like, I don't hmm. feel it's going to be particularly strong, but I also hmm. don't think it's going to be a particularly weak year. I feel for, like, 2019, in terms of the AAA industry, I don't feel there's been particularly that many big games, right? Like, mm-hmm. none of them, nothing really jumps to mind for me that, like, huge games that were released this year that were really stand out. Uh, a lot of just, like, the same sort of stuff coming out. Like, for me, obviously, the big one was Death Stranding, then that was the big one, but that again i don't even think that was very well received for the most part like a very very divisive reviews on that one so 2019 itself has been pretty like meh so i think we're going to see a slight increase in in strength for 2020 Mm. and then the other thing i think we're going to see is 
we're going to see more adoption of things like the Xbox Game Pass, and hopefully yeah. we're going to see more of that like connectivity between systems too. Because I know there's there's recently there's been crossplay with Fortnite as well as Minecraft and Overwatch Two. I think is that that's going to be a mm. cross platform even with the original uh, Overwatch as well. Yes. Yeah. So I think you're going to fa- start finding a lot more interact not interactivity a lot more community within the gamings the games that people play like you're going to have more interactivity between those 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 people those mm. those groups and there's going to be less of a divide mm. okay i think what do i think i think we're going to see a lot more vr this year yes definitely i think yeah. valve is going to definitely going to start setting a trend there with uh, alex i think that well i hope that that stadia is the start of a bit more you know a bit of a shift there the sort of things that we've been talking about for a long time like you say around game pass and stuff like that i think pc gaming is going to remain very strong it always is it always defies expectations of it dying or anything going wrong with pc gaming i think one of the wonderful thing with pc gaming is that it always gets all the big name AAA titles even if they're a little bit late by comparison yeah. But then they also have access to the unbelievably amazing indie library that always ends up taking yeah. center stage. And I think that we now have so many indie games. I think that 2020 is going to maybe start to see... I feel like we're possibly in a little bit of an indie bubble right now in that mm. there are so many indie games coming out all over the place, all the time. And there's just more... There's so many high quality indie games that there's almost too many to play. Like the, yes, you know, definitely. and and we're sort of getting to the point where unless something is really truly extraordinary, it actually feels like it gets missed quite a lot. And yeah, so definitely. I'm sort of wondering whether that indie game bubble is maybe going to burst and we're perhaps going to start to see a bit of a decline in the number of indie titles published just because I feel like the market is getting really, really saturated. Yeah, and I definitely. Think, you know, we see so much of sort of Steam Early Access as well. Um, that still seems to be a, a huge thing. I don't know what people will want instead. Maybe like, we'll like, return to like an era of like, sort of like PlayStation 1, N64 era, where you have games by the major publishers, but they're not these like AAA, quadruple A bloated behemoths of games but they're just like well-produced well-polished games by big companies you know so at the moment it seems a case of either you buy like one of the enormous triple a games that just took you know it takes so many millions of dollars to make you know like you call of duties your assassin's creed your yeah. tomb raiders things like that or you got your indie games there doesn't seem to be a lot of middle ground right stuff now. in the middle yeah. right yeah like Agreed. i guess you could say there are some games in the middle like i feel like maybe i'm being biased but i feel like more japanese games are in the middle like i feel like there's mm. that, that you don't get as many like ridiculously sized triple a japanese games as you do western ones uh but then at the same time like your indie indie games are primarily western as well i feel so just something in the middle like just good quality games just on the main systems kind of ignoring pc for a minute yeah that don't take forever to make that the developers large developers don't have to worry about make taking as many risks on because that's the problem with the big triple a market is that they just don't want dare taking any risks because yeah. why would you take a risk when you could just release another call of duty and make just as much money as you did last time you know yeah or then as well they rely on things like well-established game trends like your your fortnites you know like with mm. being battle royale or your survival games like your minecrafts and your your moba games like your leagues 
because it's just such safe bets because you either pay obscene amounts of money and want to make at least as much money back or you make a game for next to nothing and anything you make is just profit so there's no middle grounds and hopefully that's where it's going to go eventually hmm. yeah you're right like 2019 was pretty good but not necessarily amazing i think 2020 is sort of shaping up to be quite similar and yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting i'm looking forward to in a year's time when we are looking back over 2020 we can we can laugh maybe at how how wrong we were or maybe yeah, probably. We can, or maybe we will be absolutely prophetic uh, again I, I mean, my, my biggest hope, I think, in terms of what I'd like to see is mm. genuinely seeing things like Stadia and other sort of like streaming game services take off. I agree. Let's move away from the console market as we know it. Let's get into the ability to play games wherever and whenever. Platforms are dead. At a reasonable price. Yeah. Like, I think there is some level of handheld market still like there for the switch for example because it's a, it offers a slightly different experience because you do it offline you know when you're on the go but in terms of like a traditional home console gaming i just feel like it needs to go away hmm. and it and i think it is going to and i'd like to see that this year yeah agreed i'm kind of surprised that microsoft have announced a new xbox that is basically another xbox <laughs> like, sure. i know that the, sounds crazy that sounds the funny xbox but x series xbox, and, xbox series x yeah and ps5 are both confirmed you know so yeah maybe it isn't going to be doing that but like that's how we've we've talked about this before so let's not rehash ourselves yeah absolutely um but yeah maybe Maybe we've missed some games that you know are coming out in 2020 that you're really excited about, or maybe you have some other ideas about just sort of general, general we miss something? video game trends, right? If we did, then let us know. Uh, you can send us an email, show at octal.fm. You can send us a tweet at octal.fm on Twitter or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash octal.fm. Best submissions get stickers in the post. If you yes, send, send us your postal address and we'll send you some stickers back in return. We just sent a few out, in fact, at the time oh, of really? recording. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Fantastic. Uh, yeah. And in the meantime, I've been Gelato. And I've been Sefran. And have a wonderful 2020. Happy New Year. And catch us again for another episode of Octal FM very soon. Sorry, I was just <laughs> mid starting to drink my tea. Why so <laughs> did you do that? Because I was, I was expecting you to. So this is a professionalism. I was here, expecting man. you to carry on. <laughs>uh, just ginger and lemon, actually. Not even ordinary tea. Mixing it up a bit. Fancy lad. I know. Um, twinings. I brought up. Where do we? Where do we? What were we just saying? Blah, blah. Just basically, carrot. Start afresh for the most part. I'm not starting afresh. No, no, not like literally <laughs> afresh. Just like. 